to another episode of Life in Space. Emphasis on the space. then as Jim Carrey would say uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, we're gonna try something on the more of a escape pod kind of side of podcast today um I don't know about you but I have been increasingly being being like interested in like psychology of like youtubers and like the social media presence that's happening now and it just kind of seemed like a good topic maybe we'll talk about like uh, things that I discovered about YouTube channels or uh, social media platforms and things of that matter I know I talk about these things once in a while and it kind of comes to my mind and it's kind of something that I feel like I can come back to and explain more things and discover things of my own or things that I've actually encountered in my own journey through YouTube or SoundCloud and all that stuff so so it's kind of interesting to talk about it I think and today I just wanted to maybe like go over some topics, some things I actually found out uh, about, you know, parasocial activity, which is kind of an in- interesting kind of phrase. I uh, recently saw an article uh, on the Internet that says YouTubers are not your friends. So uh, basically what they're trying to describe here is that. Uh, YouTubers have like these social communities that are built around the audience and a lot of the audience then gets interaction with these characters or YouTubers on the screen uh, that are what they call parasocial communications or parasocial relationships I guess you could call it and it refers to an experience of you know by the audience in their med meditated encounters with performers of mass media particularly on television in today's society it would be more like youtube and stuff and uh the viewers or listeners come to a cons- to consider media personalities as friends despite having limited interactions with them uh so basically parasocial interaction is described as an illusionary experience such as the media audi- audiences interaction with the personas on TV such as like show hosts celebrities fictional characters social media influencers like i mentioned and as they are engaged in a re- reciprocal relationship with them the term was cons- was coined by Donald Horton so i guess this is something that they've been researching for a while since like 1956 so yeah parasocial interaction and exposure that uh garners interest in the persona so the persona the person that's actually on the screen so and there were some interesting things that i was looking up uh, about this subject uh, such as the audience can sometimes feel like they're in control of the show in a sense like they kind of take over and the person on the screen is just kind of like the puppet you know to the whole show and uh what people don't realize is that sometimes this this can also harbor like uh unhealthy relationships uh with people across the internet with these uh you know youtubers and whatnot uh sometimes they can be uh you know emotionally connected with them in some way and they can also feel like that uh their behaviors and the things they do on the internet 
can then like affect them personally. So uh, in a sense, like if somebody gets in trouble for something, you know, then these YouTubers might react in a way such as like if somebody's having a feud with somebody else on the internet, they might go and attack that person or something in that matter. So, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting concept. And now with the ability to be on the Internet and connect with people, it just seems like it's so easy to get caught up in these kind of things, especially children as well. And uh, I actually looked up online and there's actually a poll that they took and they say that 75 percent of children ages six to 17 want to become a YouTuber. So and this could be anything from like uh, being a video game YouTuber uh, or a social YouTuber, social influencer, uh, things of that matter. So uh, it seems like children today are trying to aspire to be these people. They want to become influencers or, you know, in, in a sense, they think that that's some way of having fun with people, maybe having some sort of connection with people in some way that they don't have now or something. And uh, we've seen this throughout the generations and years and stuff, especially with celebrities and whatnot. You know, of course, becoming popular on TV or in music and all that can be obviously one of those things that people desire to do, uh, you know, to get, uh, you know, influence or to get uh, attention from people and whatnot. And uh, YouTube is no exception. I mean, that's definitely the, the one place where you would go to get all that you know, people are going to go on there and play games or they're going to talk about their social experiences and then they're going to share it with the audience. In fact, a lot of times it can also be almost too personal. And uh, you might then assume that you know this person. You might then assume that you know everything about them. They are just, you know, the one friend that you just totally get along with. And a lot of the times they, they, they tend to fool you with those things. So, you know, people are just trying to get your attention in a way so that way they can get a product out or to sell you something in a sense. And that's usually most of the time what they're doing. And if you don't believe me, go out and take a look and follow someone for a little bit and find out exactly what their game is, what exactly what, you know, they're motivated to do. And uh, you'll find out in most cases, they'll either have like some sort of seminar they want you to join or they want you to go out and take a look at a product that they're selling on Amazon or something like that. So to be completely honest, it seems like YouTube is just one giant advertising campaign, you know, for a lot of different reasons, I guess. And, you know, so it be, you know, let it be that in a sense, you know, but use your brain and, you know, in the manner that you know exactly what you're taking in and what you're doing with your time instead of just wasting it on these kind of things, because you can definitely sit on YouTube and waste your time with this stuff, uh, especially with people that are just trying to get you to promote items or content and things in that matter. And especially in the kind of things that I'm into, such as, uh, you know, sound design and uh, uh, programming and things of that matter, it's real easy to get sucked into it, especially if they're showing you a lot of stuff that you want to desire to get. So, you know, in that case, it could be like a new synthesizer, more programs, more VST plugins, you know, uh, audio gear and that matter, you know, especially with microphones. I do notice that the microphone YouTube channels have gone up, you know, quite a bit and people are trying to advertise a lot of microphones and things. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad I nipped that in the butt real early because uh, I was looking for a microphone and I actually was set on getting one particular microphone that everybody was using or one that was being promoted in that sense or one that was actually being, you know, glorified in some way. And I actually uh, went the complete opposite direction on that. Uh, so I'm kind of glad that I didn't 
you know, follow what everybody else is doing. And that's kind of the sense here uh, with these social media platforms, you know. And uh, one thing that I found that was actually kind of interesting about this is that uh, these YouTube creators or these content creators will actually try to connect with you with uh, particular, you know, like ideas of the sense that they have names for you. For instance, I know that uh, if you're talking about some real, real big profiles out there like, you know, Lady Gaga or Katy Perry, I think they might have been the first two to really start it all. But they give them, you know, the audience an actual name, something they can connect them to, such as the Katy Cats or Lady Gaga. I don't know what hers are, but... Uh, for instance, you you can connect your audience with a particular name or a particular like you group them into some sort of, you know, collective in a sense. And that then gives a stronger connection between them and the audience. And uh, I'm not sure how long this has been kind of phenomena, but uh, I'm sure that this is something that they've used in the past as well. I'm sure that there's been TV shows in the past where they kind of connect you in the sense that you're talking to a friend over the Internet or something or they're actually, you know, there with you in the room or something. And that's kind of the vibe that a lot of people get to when they're watching these videos. You know, it kind of, you know, gives them that sense of uh, how do you say friendship and things. So and especially especially for children, you know, children are definitely going to be influenced with this stuff. In fact, the next generation of kids that are growing up now are definitely going to get hit with this big time. I mean, this is going to be probably the one thing that uh, you'll never have full control over because, you know, any anywhere you can get access to YouTube or any social platforms. I mean, geez, if you give your kid a phone, they're going to be able to, you know, do this easily. I mean, children, I'm sure are very clever, so they know how to figure out how to get these things. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, then everybody wants to be doing the exact same thing as, the, you know, the other guy. So uh, it's kind of a, you know, copycat kind of thing, you know. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know what I'm really getting a point at here, but uh, I guess it would just be to be very considerate of what you're going to do with the uh, the Internet. What kind of message you're going to put out there for people to know. Another thing you'll see out there is you'll see like these uh, websites and uh, channels that will tell you how YouTube has actually changed their life and everything and how they've actually done all this amazing stuff and gotten, you know, popularity or making money and things like that off of YouTube and whatnot. But you have to really understand that uh, if you really break down the statistics of how many people actually really make it on these platforms, it's very, very minor. It's very, very little, you know, maybe even like a percentage of a percent of people actually do make it doing these kind of things on YouTube. And it's not even a wonder how it actually works because, you know, they obviously have people helping them doing these things as well. You know, they might have production managers. They might have people that sell ads and things like that to get their channels out there. Now, as for the very, very early generation of YouTubers or people on the platforms at the, at the very beginning, maybe that wasn't exactly the case. But I know that back in the day to even get one million views on something on YouTube was quite an accomplishment. And it, you know, in itself. But now today, like, I mean, that's kind of like the minimum that, that you have to even hit in order to even become relevant on YouTube in a sense. And one thing that I definitely do notice is that whenever I put videos on YouTube or if I'm actually putting content out on YouTube, uh, they, they seem to dumb the quality down of my videos. Now, the last one that I put out actually didn't, uh, didn't, didn't look too bad. It actually came out pretty good. And I think that's because the content that I put out was actually worth viewing. Uh, but you know, 
and I understand there's a lot of people out there that are just kind of like, you know, it's a pipe dream. They just want to continue to put things on YouTube. They want to continue to, you know, feed that kind of like loop or that uh, machine that, you know, just keeps generating content and content. You know, that's what you're obviously kind of like aiming at. You think that you need to keep putting more content, more content on there for people to look at or to listen to or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, I just found that uh, it seems like uh, if you want to try to make it now as a YouTube person or something in that sense, you know, it's it's almost it's almost impossible in a sense to do it, you know, unless you have help from a big crew of people that can actually do it for you. And uh, like I said, it's no surprise that some channels actually do have some sort of relevance because of that they actually do have production managers and things but i'm kind of repeating myself there but yeah so uh if you're gonna go and do it on your own you think that these guys are just doing certain things specifically just on their own that's almost a delusion in, in a sense you know to to be able to manage all these things and to do it just one person having all these particular things going on, it's very, very difficult. I mean, just to put together or edit a video can take hours and hours on end, just do that. So what you have now is a lot of people doing a lot of live content. And the live content is even more of a thing that's interesting because now you can actually jump on these platforms, talk to people in a live manner, and then interact with them as well. They can send messages, they can talk to you, they can actually interact with you as well. And uh, not only that, I mean, if you do have a connection with someone, then you can even try to be on their show as well. So uh, there are some benefits to this, but I do happen to think that uh, most people, for that matter, are going to watch your content and they might they might assume or they might get the wrong idea. They 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 assume that, uh, you know, you're you're a personal friend or, you know, you might be somebody of interest to them. So and when you have millions and millions and millions of people doing this, I can't imagine what that would be like. I imagine there would be a huge headache, especially for people that are, you know, actually doing big numbers on these platforms. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, from even the past, I mean, you're talking about a lot of the content from the 80s and 90s and stuff. You know, there's a lot of different content that they were promoting on, you know, platforms on TV. Uh, you know, big major movies and stuff were being released in the 80s and 90s and stuff. So you can kind of consider that also in a sense that that's also like social media in a, in, a, in its own way. Now, uh, as for the movie industry right now, I don't know. I think they're hurting pretty bad because uh, the fact that obviously it's very difficult to put a movie in a theater these days. Uh, and also ever since the uh, beginning of piracy and all that stuff, too. So that also became a thing. But uh, it's kind of interesting to see how, like, you know, YouTube has kind of shaped this future and has basically taken individual subjects or individual interests and stuff and put them into categories. And then you choose what you want to watch, of course, with some minor advertising and things like that. Uh, but like I mentioned before in other podcasts, I actually mentioned that it seems like the advertising is getting a lot more. And not only that, when the advertising is over, usually the guy in the video is trying to sell you something as well. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, just something I wanted to talk about, something I just wanted to get out uh, of the way and maybe, maybe think about that. Maybe, uh, you know, go a little deeper with it, maybe kind of analyze the delusions that some people might have that are trying to become these things as a career or profession. And like I said, it's, it's, it's really, it's really difficult to think that you're just going to get on here and you're going to get millions and millions of views or, you know, 
people aspire to be this content creator that's going to have all these great ideas and things like that. And I actually found myself, uh, even uh, doing these podcasts and things, uh, that sometimes it can be actually kind of hard to create content. Uh, sometimes you have to have a subject matter that you want to talk about. You can't just have the same podcast over and over and over again. You know, you have to come up with new content and new ideas and new things to talk about. And of course, there's a million things you can talk about. There's so many things that you can create a subject matter on. You can talk about food. You could talk about politics. You could talk about, you know, music, art, anything. And so, you know, it just depends how unique you are and how the taste of your, you know, your matter, uh, your subject matter is and all that. So uh, advice, I don't know if this is advice or anything, but uh, it's just something that I'm talking about, something I've been thinking about. And I do notice that sometimes it's also the subjects of my uh, escape pod series, <laughs> you know, where I kind of get a little bit more serious about it. And I kind of start analyzing people on the Internet and I start analyzing what they're doing, you know, in a lot of different ways, you know. Uh, just not one particular way. There's many different ways of doing it. And like I said, the very uh, most common one would be the parasocial. They, I guess it's like what they call it, parasocial connectivity or interaction with people on the Internet. And um, that actually kind of made me uh, really interested in in uh, doing a subject on this. So just kind of picking out like what people do and how they do it. And uh, in most cases, they try to create personal connections with people. Because, see, if you think about it, it doesn't matter what you do on YouTube. It doesn't matter what subject you're, you're, you're trying to promote. You know, even video gamers and people that are doing blogs and things like that, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's the personality. It's the personality of that actual character, the person you're creating. And then that's really what you're trying to sell. Or if it's sellable or if it's marketable. And then once that's marketable, though, I mean, the, the options open up to a lot more, you know, you know, elaborate things in that sense, you know, whether or not you're going to advertise this new video game or whether or not you're going to advertise this new uh, product from, you know, uh, makeup or some sort of cosmetic thing, you know, in that sense. And that's really what they use. Inst Instagram is mostly used for that. You know, people taking selfies of them, uh, you know, pictures of them of themselves. And then they're basically trying to promote like makeup products or, you know, things in that general area. But, yeah, uh, it just, uh, you know, there are the there are potentials to use it to do those kind of things. So that is just something to be aware of. Not everybody is your friend on there. So for instance, you know, they're, they're trying to promote a product, but they're, you know, their best interest is not your interest. They're not really looking out for your best interest. They just know what you're probably interested in. And then when they guess that and they can kind of get an audience from that, that's kind of how they put the personality in there. It's almost like the personality is really the attraction to it. So, but yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, I, I do have like some predictions in the future, I guess, for YouTube. Uh, it just seems like, uh, it seems like this platform is kind of getting to the point where there's just so much happening now. And I know that there's a lot of channels out there where people are, maybe doing like a day-to-day -day blog or something that may not be as interesting to people as something like, you know, an exciting toy for kids or children or something like that, which would probably get more views. So, um, uh, you know, usually when you're out there trying to promote music or you're trying to, you know, do uh, podcasts or uploading any kind of content, which I'm su surprised at this point that YouTube doesn't actually charge people to put content on their uh, service. 
and uh, you know they're still very free service, and that's because they have a lot of ad revenue coming in. But uh, uh, I don't know about you, but a majority of the time I do skip all those ads, you know. And I don't use ad blocker in the case that I really would need ad blocker. The problem with that is that a lot of the times your videos get messed up, so or they don't play. So uh, there's been issues with it before that I've used it for in the past so I just stopped using that I would just skip the videos and I'm not sure when uh, YouTube actually allowed people to start skipping videos but uh, it's kind of one of those things where for five seconds you have to wait and then you can skip the ad and so typically especially if I'm just viewing something that's not like you know a well-documented piece of you know uh, material on YouTube I'll just skip the ads on it now I'm not sure how that really affects the creator but uh, I've always kind of put it in my head that I'm never I'm never really going to make any money on YouTube anyway. So uh, I just use YouTube as a tool for myself to learn things, to you know take in things that I can actually turn back around and use in a positive light. And so I I would I would kind of feel ashamed if people had to watch a commercial before they watch my content. And now I'm saying that in retrospect now. So maybe in like 10 years it might change or something. You know, I might actually think like, oh, wait, I could have made so much money off of that. But in the sense that I'm also doing the exact same thing, I'm skipping everybody's ads and things like that. So I don't really believe that I should have to pay for that content in the sense that I'm also providing content for people as well. So it's kind of a share share situation in my in my opinion, in, in, in a sense, almost like an open source kind of software. You know, there's a piece of software out there that is for free for people to use. And then they can on, you know, on top of that in the future, make it better and make it uh, more pristine. And, you know, some people actually know how to code those things and they can actually put out a product that people can rely on rather than having a monthly service for it. Now, I notice that a lot of software companies, too, they they charge almost like a monthly fee to use their software, which I don't know if I technically really agree with that. I like to own my software. I like to have uh, software that I can rely on, that I can come back to and not have to worry about having somebody, you know, feeding some sort of machine every single month, you know, like an arcade or something like that. You put a put another coin in the box, you know. Uh, it just makes sense to me that I have something that works and that I can continue to come back to without worrying about those kind of things. Because let's be honest, you know, you know, if everything becomes a, you know, like a Netflix membership, uh, we're basically back at square one when it comes to cable TV. And if you don't know what cable TV is, I'm sure that some people actually don't. Uh, it was a service provided by your, uh, well, some providers are Cox or, you know, uh, there's a few other ones out there uh, in X-Infinity or whatever they might call them. And uh, you would actually get like a whole collection of channels, TV stations that they would broadcast over the cable box. And then you basically were paying for these channels. But yet on top of that, you're also getting advertisements from, you know, the main competitors and everything on there, too. So you're kind of getting hit twice. You're paying for it and you're also getting ads. So they kind of had this solution, in a sense, for movies that they would actually have a program where you can rent movies by mail. Uh, Netflix started off that way where you can actually give them a monthly fee and they would send you a movie in the mail and you would just send that back and then you get a new one, you know, whichever one's next on your list. And then that ultimately turned into a internet service where you can actually just stream it. And since streaming has actually became an actual thing, a thing that actually does work very, very well, uh, that took off extremely, you know, quick and very popular. 
So, you know, we do uh, have these services, you know, that are a monthly charge, and then you basically get to choose from the selection that they have available, and which was pretty cool first. But I do notice that as time goes on, and I'm not really complaining about Netflix, but I do notice that I watch it less and less and less. There's just less things on there that are more interesting, you know, and not only that, a lot of it's a bunch of drama. It's a lot of stuff that is more, you know, violent and more, they're, they're always pushing the, the boundaries all the time with these movies, especially the ones that are made you know by the company itself and uh so i've kind of lost interest in that but if we're all paying for these services and we're not using them which would be kind of like in the sense cable tv was cutting the cord then ultimately i find less and less reason to want to pay for it every single month and that also includes software and i know that there are companies like adobe that have photoshop now they want monthly installments you know and i'm not going to pay for something that i use barely you know i mean i barely do any photoshop editing and so for those people that are actually going to be doing it they might only get so much use out of it and they're still paying for products or for time being wasted in a sense and then that also goes the other direction if you're not using it enough you think you feel like you're wasting it so, and not too long ago, I did a uh, review on the uh, masterclass, the masterclass series that I was talking about and uh, whether it was worth it or not. And I, I noticed that over time, uh, once I saw the content that I was actually interested in, I used it less and less and less. So it became irrelevant for me to re-up another year, so, you know, subscription to the, uh, what do you call the masterclass, you know, project or whatever, you know, because, you know, in, in my, uh, how do you say, what fits my lifestyle is, you know, not going to be, you know, the way that somebody else might, you know, they might be studying up on certain things that they want to have access to all the time, or they have the money for it. And it just seemed like something I can cut out. I didn't need it again, you know? So yeah, as time goes on, uh, I think that'll, that'll probably be a thing for people again to think about, especially since now, Every major TV company, such as ABC, NBC, Fox, uh, there's even bigger ones, FX, and you're talking about, uh, I don't know, some of AMC is a huge one. They all have, they all now have their own streaming services as well. I'm sure that you've seen this and you can actually download apps for every single one of them. I think another one is Adult Swim. Actually, I do use that one in a sense because I do like to watch Rick and Morty. It's kind of fun to watch that show. So, uh, I'll use that, but I don't pay for it. I just uh, watch it with ads. If I if I can get that episode and watch it, that's definitely a plus for me or on something like Hulu in a sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just have all these services now and I think Disney has got one with like some sort of DeLorean show everybody's talking about. And for me to actually go and subscribe to your service for one show, it's it's almost impossible for me to want to do that. And so you'll see, they just basically found a smarter way to split these all up, have you pay monthly individual payments to each one of these companies, and then you're going to be realizing that it's the same thing as cable again. It's just going to be a renaissance of that. So, um, yeah, I just kind of figured that out real quick, uh, that a lot of these companies are going to start doing that. And then you're going to have to get the exclusive content from them and through a pay service, you know, unless you're using rabbit ears, which, you know, hardly anybody does these days, you know, to try to get, you know, just your basics, your local channels and everything. And that's even difficult to do because a lot of the stations that broadcast them, uh, the signals are just really weak now. So I don't think they actually put a lot of effort in doing that anymore. So, you know, everything's going to have a, have a price tag eventually. I'm sure of it, you know, uh, especially because advertising is kind of on a slippery slope as well. 
And if you're like me, if you're anything like me, you, I don't know, it doesn't work on me anymore. Your ads don't really work on me anymore. I, I don't know how many times you got to advertise Pepsi or Coke or even McDonald's for that fact. It's like, I already know about all that stuff. You don't have to keep telling me about it. It's kind of funny, you know, that uh, a lot of these companies are still willing to put so much money and effort into all this stuff that uh, you don't even really, I mean, uh, does anybody really get hungry when they see one of those commercials? I mean, that's a good question, though. Uh, like if you actually watch a Jack in a Box commercial and they're showing you the cheesy, drippy fries or whatever they do now, I don't really know. Um, does that really make you want to, you know, walk out your door like a zombie and go buy that stuff in the middle of the night? And they do advertise this to a specific audience, too. I do notice that they tailor to a specific specific type of person or a specific type of audience that's out late at night, probably hungover, And you go there and you buy their food. And, uh, yeah, I get that. You know, that's probably the actual audience they're looking for. Uh, I know Taco Bell does the same thing, too. You know, the food is actually very unhealthy for you. And, uh, you know, if you're hungover in the middle of the night, you need something to eat. They are open. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so uh, I don't know. Does that actually work on people? For me, I, I don't get it. I just don't get that stuff. Uh, you know, repeat ads. I mean, progressive commercials are like a dime a dozen. They come on every single time when I'm watching something on Hulu. I don't know how many times I need to know about pro progressive insurance, but I don't, I still don't use progressive insurance, you know, uh, whether or not they're trying to, you know, tell me the truth about saving money on car insurance or whatever the case is. But I do notice that the commercials have gotten more clever and more irrelevant and stupid. So that's another thing that I noticed about those commercials. And not only them, there's a lot of insurance commercials out there. And I don't really understand the whole idea about commercials for insurance. Uh, it just seems like it's kind of funny. So, but if you get anything that I'm saying here, it's all kind of irrelevant in its own way. But hopefully it makes sense to some people. You know, uh, you know, I can rant on all day about commercials and stupid things like that. But uh, I do like to make a point. Uh, I guess the point I'm trying to say here is that uh, you have to kind of be smart about these things. You know, it's it's kind of been one of the things that we've, as humans, I guess, in these generations, past few generations, have been dealing with. It's going to be the norm, obviously, you know, especially with uh, ever-growing amounts of people on this planet and more things that are happening. Uh, you know, even Amazon is doing commercials constantly, you know, trying to get you to use their service. And uh, I don't really find too many things wrong with the whole Amazon product or whatever they're trying to promote, you know, whether you get your stuff in two days or earlier or whatever the case might be. But does it really hurt you to go down to the food store and just buy it yourself? I do know that they have commercials now where people are ordering, you know, groceries. And they've had services like this before for groceries where you can actually have them delivered to your door or whatever the case is. And not only that, things you can order on Amazon. You can actually have soda delivered to your front door, you know, on Amazon or potato chips and things like that. But, you know, do you really need it? That's a thing. Um, it's, it's getting more and more convenient. You know, I mean, uh, there's so many things that you can now install into your house that listen to you all the time that find out all the things you want to, you know, all the things that interest you and all the things that you want to purchase and things like that, like Alexa or your iPhone, for instance, probably recording everything you're talking about. So then you do get relative ads, you know, they're tailored to every, everything that you're talking about. 
you know, uh, just smart ways of doing it, smart ways of advertising. And that stuff they're actually doing without your, well, they do get your permission. You just don't know it. Uh, whenever you accept the agreements and things like that to use the technology, you just don't know it. But you do have given them the permission to do these things. And so uh, how much is your privacy really worth at that point? You know, you, you do participate in some sort of, you know, experiment in a sense that people will then find out what makes you tick and what makes you, you know, interested in their product and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, you know, I guess I've talked about this before, you know, advertising and things like that. I don't know if we need to go too far down that rabbit hole, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of make this point, uh, about YouTube, um, about, you know, try not to believe everything you see on there. And again, if there's something you can learn, though, something that you can get value out of it, uh, that is always the number one key to using a service like YouTube. Don't don't go on there and waste your time with things that are absolutely irrelevant to what you're doing uh, or listen to someone's opinion on something that you don't agree with. In fact, if you don't agree with my opinion, stop listening to this show right now because I don't want to waste your time. Nothing is more important than the time you have on this planet. So to waste it or to do someone else's bidding for it, it would be pointless. You know, especially people that are mind controlled in the sense that they go on these platforms like Instagram or YouTube and they follow big celebrities or big icons and stuff that they feel they have a personal relationship with, which, by the way, they don't know you. You have to understand that that person on the other end, they don't even know who you are. You know, in fact, in most cases, if you if you came up to them in public and, you know, kind of acted like you knew them, they would probably be freaked out. You know, they're they're a person as well. So and they have uh, just the same things as you, you and I, the same feelings and the same things. You know, you can't put them on a pedestal and think that they're some sort of, you know, idolized icon that you can just put on a pedestal. You know, they make mistakes. Uh, they make mistakes as well, you know. And so you'll see that uh, more and more people that do make mistakes or whatever you might call them, uh, they end up paying for those, especially with uh, their following. You know, I've I've seen persons on here that have lost a following because of something they said or something that they have actually done wrong or something in that matter. So uh, you have to just realize that it's it's just have fun with it. It's, it's all a big game anyway, you know, this whole thing. It's not serious. If you're coming into YouTube or if you're coming into any kind of platform thinking that it's a serious job or a commitment in some, you know, some weird way, uh, that is completely fictional in a sense. You know, you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. You're actually going to disappoint yourself in the long run or even the short term too, thinking that this is actually something that has got to be perfect or it's got to be, you know, something that is absolutely, you know, all your time and money must be spent on it because a lot of people invest in this and they actually don't, they don't make it back. So just think of it as a hobby, you know, and in a sense, uh, that's what I do. You know, my, my, uh, music creation and my podcasting is a hobby. I leave it that way. I keep it that way because if I, if I turn it into something else, I'm going to lose interest in it real fast. If it becomes a job for me or if it becomes anything that I'm not interested in anymore, uh, that would be heartbreaking, you know, in a sense. And then all this has just been for nothing. So, uh, yeah, just go into it with low expectations, but hope for the future, you know? You know, if something does happen and you happen to get some something out of it, 
whether that's your goal in the first place or not, uh, then that is well-deserved, I believe, you know? Uh, but once you start fooling people and you start going down that rabbit hole, uh, that's when I stop paying attention. So that's when I don't, I'm not interested anymore, you know, in what you're trying to sell to me. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to be as transparent as possible with that. So, but yeah, hopefully you found this informative or in the, at the very least, I guess, you know, hopefully it's something that'll maybe give you some ideas or maybe it'll give you some inspiration. I don't know. And I'm not sure what kind of inspiration, but, uh, or an opening, maybe it'll open your eyes to new things or new ideas, or maybe, or those ideas that you had before, maybe it'll give you an opening into what really is going on behind the curtain, you know? And I, uh, I know that, uh, I don't know, something about Michael Jackson here I had written down, uh, you know, that there are wolves out there. There's definitely wolves out there. They're preying on people. And, uh, so if you ever remember that video thriller, yeah, there's a bunch of like zombies and wolves and stuff in there. So I don't know. I threw that in there, I guess, but, uh, just wanted to, uh, yeah, let you know that, uh, everything's good and, uh, just keep being creative and everything. You know, because once it, once you stop being creative, then everything becomes kind of mundane. It's a mediocre kind of version of life. So stay creative, um, enjoy the podcast that I'm doing, and hopefully we'll see you on another informative, maybe non-informative, I don't really know, version of life in space. And I also just want to mention real quick before I go that uh, 100% my opinion, all this show is 100% opinion based. I just like to make sure I refer to that every time I do a podcast. So that way, you know, you take it with a grain of salt and then uh, have your opinion as well. But anyway, go to um, uh, SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast and uh, be a part of the conversation. I have links at the bottom from my website or check out uh, Modulator Bay with Mr. Basic or whatever. So uh, we'll go ahead and just sign out and we'll see you on the next next episode. episode.